Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. We hit a button and we're just going to get to it. We're going to get right to this. The train has left the station. There's no returning back. It's like getting on a roller coaster. You're stuck, man. You're riding that ride. You can't get off, but that's okay. You don't need to get off the ride because we're about to go to class here. We're going to about to get schooled up, and I can't wait to learn from this guest. He just came in swinging. You should have seen it. I had to just run and hide. Serial entrepreneur, and he is all about SaaS growth. SaaS growth. I know most of you listening are in tech or in SaaS, um, B2B. Like It's all about growth. But he's a strategist, he's a thought leader, a marketer. He knows the magic secret combination to make SEO and content and all these other ingredients turn into growth. And I can't wait to learn from him. He's worked with Google Analytics and Search Console. He knows how to make a million pieces of content all at the same time. Forbes, Daily Stoic, Growth Lab, they've all been citing him. Founder of Growth Sprints, Brendan Hufford. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to dive into some stuff today. Yeah, man. Dude, this is going to be so good. You are here and this is going. So I'm going to pass you this thing. It's heavy, but you clearly you work out. All right. Good. Grab that. You got a backhanded grab of Thor's hammer, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Just just back. You play tennis, man. You just grab that hammer like it was your job. Yeah, man. All right. So take Thor's hammer. Smash for me some kind of marketing myth bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all. Yeah, I think the myth that we want to smash today is that SEO and content can be done in a silo. We were talking earlier, and I think, you know, just looking at this, you, you've had guests on in the past that have talked about, you can't just blog anymore. SEO is not going to happen by accident. Uh, things like, you know, content strategies. I've seen so even in even in recent years, content strategies that are just a list of keywords that are sorted for highest volume and lowest keyword difficulty. And they're like, there's your SEO strategy. Like that stuff worked for a long time. And as marketers, we're only as good as our pattern recognition, right? Like I've right. seen this before. I've seen something like this before that I can apply. The best marketers have a lot of pattern recognition. The problem is those those patterns don't exist anymore. And for better or worse, there's a lot of marketing leaders that are still running those playbooks at companies like they are 2009 HubSpot, like they're 2013 yeah. Marketo. Like it, it just doesn't work anymore. And sure. it's unfortunate, but I think it's that bad pattern recognition that causes to the extremely high churn rate in marketing executives. And I'm hoping today we can arm people with uh, the tools that they need to have a seat at that table if they're not there yet, but then also keep their seat at the table as we move into the future. Hell yeah, let's do it, man. How do we do this? How do we bust these silos? How do we smash these things open? So I think a piece of where this starts is the understanding of, like I said, like we really want to give, I want everybody here to feel really confident. By the end of this conversation, if you're listening to this, uh, you're going to feel confident of like when this gets brought up on a Zoom call. I, I love to say like at the table, like at a meeting, but it's really like a lot of Zoom at this point. But when yeah. it gets brought up on Zoom, you you feel confident like going off mute and, and chiming in with some thoughts, 
right? Or you can at least in your own head go, mm, I don't know if that sounds right. Because what ends up happening is people go to conferences, people hear things, we listen to podcasts, we're always all learning, right? We listen to podcasts just like this one. And then we come back and we're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I remember there was a, a period of time where I was just hearing, I run a community for marketers called All In. Uh, it's for in-house SaaS marketers. And I was hearing from like five or six people that all their marketing executives were like really hot on this one strategy out of nowhere. And it was just like, what did, did they all go to the same conference? Like what happened? There was something that got like in all of their heads. And I think when that happens, like if you have never heard of that or never thought about it, you're not equipped to challenge that. You're not equipped to add to it or actually, especially if you're the person, you know, doing the work, if you're an individual contributor or a, a manager of a small team, you're the one doing that work that they just came in and, you know, steamrolled your existing strategy. And you're like, we're doing this now. That happens quite a bit. Um, I want you to come away with the confidence of like, oh, I have thoughts. Right. So I think the best place to start looking at this is maybe talking about uh, two pieces, right? Demand generation and demand capture. Most businesses need both. I would start with capturing existing demand. We've seen this time and time again, especially in software. Somebody comes in with this new novel idea, sounds really interesting, and it does well on product hunt and they're getting all these accolades and it's at the top of ha you know like the what is it y combinator like hacker news yeah, yeah. everybody like, like chat gpt everybody loves it right and then it's and i think chat gpt will be similar in some ways i think it maybe has a little more legs i think long-term chat gpt will be similar to excel i'm sure when excel came out for the first time everybody was like this is awful why would you <laughs> well this will take people's job all the stuff I, if we could just rewind, if the internet had existed then in the prolific way it is now and we went back, we would see it's just the exact same words. Um, weird hot take. But like anything like that is if you're new, if you're if your company is going to have any sort of value, it can't be solving a problem that nobody knows exists. Um, right. You know, a lot of times people love to quote Henry Ford for this. Like if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. True. First of all, that's really a stupid thing to say because Oldsmobile and like 12 other car companies were mass producing cars a decade before the Model T, right? Like he had pretty good market validation. Like he didn't just like <laughs> whole like entrepreneur myth of like Henry Ford went into a cave and emerged with this idea of a car. Like this has been growing for a very, very long time. He just ended up being the winner and you know the winners get to rewrite history. So he rewrote himself as like, the inventor of the car. Um, my point is that like, that's not a good model to follow. The examples of a Ford or an Apple or whoever, and even if you look through the history of Apple, like they just did it better, right? Like the iPod wasn't it, like that amazing. There were other MP3 players. There were other like music, like, those things already existed. Your best bet is to capture demand. There's existing demand for this. We know people want it, even if it, no solution exists. We know people are searching for this sort of thing. You're doing that through customer conversations, interviews, like all these sorts of things. And I, most founders, like let's be honest, in the SaaS world, they're creating something that solved the need they had for themselves. Right? right? They're very intimately close to this. So there's demand capture, then there's demand generation. Demand generation is going to people. If we think about like um, like levels of awareness, where we have yeah. problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and then most aware. Uh, there's also that unaware stage where they maybe know that something's wrong, uh, but they don't have words for it, right? That unaware or problem aware stage. 
that's a lot more where like demand generation comes in, where we're just gonna talk about this problem relentlessly and people are gonna go, oh yeah, it would be nice if I had a solution for that. I just thought that's the way things had to be, right? So this right. SEO and content in a silo, like we really have to break out of that. SEO is by nature, pure demand capture. Um, by breaking out of that, we have a lot of really interesting opportunities to do more and frankly, like have more impact in the business. Like that's what we all want as marketers. If you're a B2B marketer or you work in SaaS, like I do, like that's what we want. We want to reach that lever. I call it like a leverage point where our income that we make at work starts to outpace the amount of effort that it takes to put in. Like if you think about like a XY graph, early in your career, you're putting in tons of effort, but you're not having a lot of impact. But at some point, those flip, right? And they cross mm. each other. And you hit that leverage point where it's like, you're in leadership, you're maybe an executive, and you can have a lot of impact. And it's not that much more work. Everybody has this idea that like CMOs and VPs work like 500 hour weeks. Like a lot of them don't. A lot of them have very normal, sane lives and they make a tremendous amount of money and have a tremendous amount of impact for not that much more. But to reach that point, you have to start figuring out the things that have outsized impact. The more we can find higher leverage work to do, the more we're going to see success in our career, right? We can accelerate things. Early on in our career, we're working really hard. We're not seeing a lot of impact. Eventually, that switches, and we don't have to work so hard, and we start to see a really large bit of impact. Um, understanding the levels of awareness and how to balance and blend demand gen and demand capture is extremely valuable for any marketer. Because at the end of the day, that's most of the work that a lot of us are doing. Right? right. We're harnessing existing demand and also thinking about how to create demand when, you know, there may not be any. Where do you go? So it's a, I, I get d demand generation, demand capture. How I know you've got a framework. How do you bring order to the chaos? Right. All these things swimming around, all these priorities begging for attention, SEO, PPC, and you got to create content. All these things are all swimming around. How do you like order organize everything? So I think from a macro level, a lot of this depends on like the maturity of the market, the maturity of the company itself, competitors. It's like that'll change. You know, we're we're talking. Let me let me pivot. I want to answer your question directly, but I think a lot of times people want to have like a tactics debate about like what's a good tactic, what's not a good tactic. And sure. I remember I heard from my friend Jay Akunzo, uh one time he's just said offhandedly, like we're not having a tactics debate, we're having a quality debate. Mm -hmm. And that it's so wild how you hear, like this is the value of podcasts, this is the value of anything like this. You just hear one tiny thing and it just kind of like sits in your brain for a while. And then it becomes that like tiny little, um, you know, you throw a little pebble out into a lake and it kind of reverberates outwards. Like it comes to be a thing that changes your whole career that has impact on everything. So I think about that a lot. We could sit here and we can be like, this is a good tactic. This isn't a, you know, whatever else, like in terms of like, how would I organize stuff? I have ways I like to go to market. I have friends that are like, oh, well, I just went to this website and scraped all this stuff and imported it here and drew up a database. And we're going to push that into this platform. It's going to do like, you know, all these paid things. And it's like, cool. I don't understand any words you just said. Like, I know it's yeah. marketing. I know it's what I do too. I've never like 
put that, like, I don't understand that world. Um, right. Not that I couldn't, but like, that's just not where I've really focused. Yeah. I think I have like, personally, I call it like a, I call it deep generalism. I have like the liberal yeah. history of marketing, having built so many of my own projects. Like <laughs> I've founded a lot of things over the years. Um, and that means I, I understand a lot of channels, but I think like to your point in terms of like, how do we fit it together? How do we decide is, like I said, you start with demand capture as you kind of, if you can, right? Some people, you know, if you're going into, you know, it's, everybody acts like, it's funny, my world of SEO, everybody acts like SEO about SEO is the hardest thing in the world. These are people who clearly have never tried to compete uh, in things like cybersecurity and threat intelligence, right? Or something yeah. like that. You want to tell, like, there's a lot more money in that and thus it's way more competitive. But like, you know, if you're a new player in the threat intelligence space, the idea that you are going from a brand new company with a brand new website or anything that you're going to com compete with CrowdStrike and Re Recorded Future, um, or you're a DevOps company and you're going to like jump in there and compete with, I don't know, Datadog and Sumo Logic and stuff like you're not, you're not like that might, you might not have enough funding to compete in paid. You might not have, like, it depends. So I think the way that I organize stuff is I try to think about for marketers, right? Like what's the future of this? How do I keep that? We talked earlier about like having a seat at the table, really arming everybody with that. But then also how do we create something? I think that's a little more evergreen, right? There's, yeah. there's channels and things, but I've become, I've come to this place of, especially living in the world of keyword research for so long, and all the SEO tools and keyword volume and difficulty, I, I care less and less about keywords every single year. And I care more and more about, like, it's weird when I onboard clients to growth sprints, they kind of get, they're like, we, it feels weird to them because I don't ask what keywords they want to rank for. We don't even talk about SEO. I want to become obsessed with their customer and obsessed with their business model maybe a little bit competitors, right? I really want to understand like I and care as much as I'm, if I'm the founder, I joke with people when I onboard them. Yeah. If there's a place where PDFs go to die, I want to live there for a while, right? So really inundating myself with that and getting a good understanding helps me create what I've kind of come to call it content IP. And this blends into SEO really, really well because people like, here's the keyword, but when they get to that page, what are we talking about? Like, what's the yeah. search intent behind that? What are they, what, and this takes time. Somebody, oh my God, let's like, Casey, I had somebody ask me this on Twitter. They were like, I had mentioned search intent, right? And uh, I don't tweet a lot because that platform's a dumpster fire, but <laughs> I had said something about like, you know, figure out what the intent behind the search is. They're Googling this, but what do they really want, right? And they, somebody replied, what social listening tools do you use to figure out the intent behind it? And I was like, what? No, 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 no tools, none tools. Just think, mm. just think if I was a, like if you've been doing your work and you know about the business, now this, again, you have to have these like, you have to understand the business and the customer ahead, but like just spend some time in it. Be like, if I was Googling this, what do I actually want? Um, I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, digital marketing skills. If you Google digital marketing skills at any point, this has been true for the last couple of years, these search results are 
top 10 digital marketing skills, top 11 digital marketing skills to have, top nine digital, like, it's just a list of numbers, the top 20 <laughs> results. And I, I thought myself, like, people want listicles. And then you look at Google's autocomplete and it is digital marketing skills for resume, digital marketing skills 2023, <laughs> digital marketing skills for new job. And I went, oh, these are people trying to change their lives by learning digital marketing. That's who's Googling this. And you start to put those pieces together and you can title your article, three digital marketing skills that saved my life. Right. right. That's compelling. That's an angle. And we start to figure out. So when you're looking at search intent and things like that, I've just come to this place where it's like, can we, I think, especially in the world of software, we love to like give names to our category. Everybody talks about category creation. You get all, all these sure. wacky. Like when I was at Active Campaign, they tried to rebrand a customer experience automation. What? Like, yeah. nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to buy customer experience automation. People want email marketing. Can we more loudly say we do email marketing extremely well, that we're right. the best company in the world for email marketing, right? So where I've come to is like, let's not name the category. Let's not name our solutions, these weird names. Let's give words for people's problems. And I, I remember I was reading a book. I'll give you another example of this. I like giving, uh, like showing rather than telling. Yeah, right? 100%. I was reading this book and um, it was like a book for dads. And there was this one throwaway line where the guy said, I remember when my body used to feel like a weapon. And I, I like, it was one of those moments where I just, I like, just like closed the book and I was just <laughs> like, I do remember that. Like I personally, like I used to compete very heavily in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Wow. Like, I don't know. I know. I don't know a lot of things. I know marketing really well and I know how to fight. And like, that's, those are things that I am personally very good at. And like, I thought to myself, like, I do remember that feeling. There's just these like little, I can, I could, we won't take people down the rabbit hole because you're not here for this conversation. No, no, this is the hardcore marketing show. We're here for the rabbit hole. I can feel in my body and I'm like, I do remember when my body used to feel like a weapon. And if at that point, that book had been like, hey, we have a course. Hey, we have co like we have a service. We have something that can help you do that. I would have been like, shut up and take all my money. All of it. You can <laughs> Charge me every money. month. Let's go. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Because they gave me words for a feeling that I had had for years. And I was just like, you understand my problem better than me. You're the person to solve it. And I think that part, and I've come to call this content IP, creating true intellectual property in your content around the problems your customers have. And that is where we start to get into an area where there's some magic to be had. And I'm not like a woo-woo, hand-wavy, drum circle marketer. I'm also not the other end where I'm like a hardcore spreadsheets. Everything's got to be tracked and attributed marketer. Sure. But I think there's some area in between where when we spend time and really think about what the problems our customers have are, we can come up with some really, really interesting IP around that. And that's the type of stuff that no matter how they come in, whether through search or through anything, we get out of the silo, which is the premise of what we're talking about today, getting out of this content SEO like silo in the business. Yeah. And we start to be able to have impact 
That IP starts to resonate on sales calls. That IP starts to resonate on customer success calls. So acquisition goes up, sales yeah. close one revenue goes up, retention goes up, activation goes up because we have words, almost like words and catchphrases for the problems that we're solving. And at every point they're like this company, this product, this person, they get me. And I think that's a piece of marketing that in a highly attributable and trackable world, uh, we've kind of lost a little bit. Yeah. I think back to an example when I, back in the mini Casey days, back in my marketing youth, uh, I was running some PPC for a language learning company and we always had conversations around, there'd be phrases, it'd be like learn French, right? But there, it would always be something else too. It'd be like, learn French free. Okay, cool. They're looking for it's money or learn French fun. Right. And then there's also learn fit uh, French fast. Right. And so those people are all different, right? Some people want to get it, get the shit done. Some people, they just want to have a good time, maybe learn a couple phrases. Um, other people don't charge me anything. And right. And, and I think at the time we, we understood that we would bid differently on those, but we never took it to what you're talking about, which is like, what, what what kind of fun are they picture? Are they picturing going on vacation and like making yeah, a whole thing? Why, are they, why are they learning French, right? Do they want, yeah. are they backpacking through Europe for a year? Are or they dreaming about it, right? They dream about right. it. Are they, they, yeah, 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 right. Or, or is it, you know, they want to learn a language because they don't want to feel like a second class citizen where everybody around them is speaking this language and they're not really sure what's going on. And they ask people to repeat themselves all the time. Like, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. We can elevate who your self-worth by learning this language. Like there's some pieces that you can tap into there. And I, like I said, like I'm literally just making this up on the spot, but like there's some pieces you can tap into there yeah. where price, and even if it is free and you have some other revenue model, great. All of a sudden conversions go way up. Yeah, yeah. Spe Why are you trying to learn it so fast? It must mean you have a trip coming up. Or you just want to see results sooner? Like there's just, you know, what's the thing that's, why, why that? So how do you discover these things? How do you take a situation? Where, where do you start in this IP discovery? So let's talk about two pieces. Uh, there's the, how do you figure it out? And then how do you, what do you do with it? Okay. Right? So yep. the, how do you figure it out? I think is, uh, you know, I don't want to get, I want to give a quick answer and then I'll kind of expand on it. So the how do you figure it out is simply like I, a lot of people in B2B and especially a lot of people in SaaS and software are familiar with like jobs to be done interviews and frameworks yeah. like that. Those types of questions, right? How are you solving this before? What do you wish you knew when you were trying to solve that? What happened when you were first looking for a solution for this? Like you start to ask these questions of your best customers. Or if you don't have customers, you're just asking of anybody who you think is your ideal market or are you customers of other companies, you can figure out a ton of the, like, you don't, you don't have to be like a, you know, NSA or CIA employee to like find people. You could simply go on, if you're in software, you go on G2, you look at who has left reviews from other companies and then you just find those people on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Their names are on there, right? Like it, yeah. it can be, and some people overcomplicate this. They'll be like, well, I'm gonna scrape the thing and then we're gonna blah, blah, just, <laughs> you can go right. hand to hand on so much of this, like just, be scrappy a little bit. You can scale later. Be a little scrappy about this stuff. Um, I think everybody, and a friend said this before, like everybody goes on podcasts and says like, talk to customers. 
And then like, if you've ever actually worked in a company, nobody talks to customers. Yeah, we don't talk to them like, at all. And I think that's like, uh, it's just because it's freaking hard and nobody yeah. says how to do it. Yeah. And I think that's really challenging. Um, the Here, I'll, I'll give everybody a resource. You can go uh, Google this. Uh, if you go look up, I want to say it's uh, Content Lift. You can literally Google just Content Lift or you can go to contentlift.io. Uh, um, that's uh, my buddy Ryan's website. You should check it out. He has a free thing on there and like a wonderful customer interview course that's like $100, which is so freaking nominal. I keep telling him to add a zero to that. Right. Um, but like, go buy his course. He'll literally lay out exactly like how to find the right people to talk to, how to get them on a call, how to talk to them, what to ask them, then what to do with the results. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. So just do that. That'll be, we'll, we'll save some time for everybody there. But like, that's my cheat code is those like jobs to be done interviews. And from that, you start to figure out like what their real problems are, not their like uh, presenting problems. If you think about it, like in a, from a medical term, you know, standpoint, we have like the presenting problem that somebody shows up with. My neck hurts. Well, there's yeah. about 3,000 reasons your neck could hurt, right? 100%. It could be that one of your feet like is really tight and that is pulling on all of the muscles and all the ligaments all the way up that side of the body and is causing that side of your neck to be the pain. It could also be that you got punched in the neck last week and it still hurts. <laughs> it could as somebody who's been punched in or the you're neck. just really annoying and you're just kind of a pain in the neck uh, perfect <laughs> perfect uh the but like so you have the presenting issue of like yeah. you know oh i want this right i want to learn this language fast right well why well why why and you ask you get a couple layers deep now asking somebody why too many times is patronizing and rude um i like to use a mix uh again i'm gonna i love giving people resources um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss is a great, yeah. is wonderful. You can also just listen to podcasts if you want to, it's my cheat code. You can get most of the book if you listen to a really good podcast interview with them. Um, and then you don't have to read it. Uh, but he uses a thing called mirroring, where he simply repeats the words back to you as a question. So you say like, and people would be like, I want to learn French fast. And you go, learn French fast. And then they go, they tell you more. They just do, it's like weird. It's like, it's yeah, like, man, I want to learn French fast because I'm going to the French Riviera. You're going yeah, to the French Riviera. Like, French Riviera. And like, you don't even realize it's ha unless you know this. And then I'll tell you this. Next time somebody does it to you, you're going to be like, quit mirroring me. Like, stop. I did uh, one of my bosses. Uh, his name's Benjamin Elias. He's one of the best marketers, I think, in the planet. Um, he he would do it. And I, I, I was like, are you mirroring me right now? And he's like, kind of. Um, Hi, buddy. You coming in to visit? Sorry, my two-year-old's going to visit real quick. Yay, two-year-old. Um, but he said, you want to say hi? And then you go see mama. What do you got, cheese? You want to say hi? Hi. Which one are you going to look? Yeah, all the monitors. He said, where do I wave? He just you picked him up. He instantly was waving. Hi. Oh, we do this. We do this. All right, are you going to go play with mommy? Okay, come on. And then I, then I got to finish. Cause, well, I'm talking about mirroring. And I know that's something that's really important when you're two, but. I hope everybody on the video, can you still hear me? Oh yeah, totally. I hope everybody on the video can see I'm basically dressed like Santa Claus today. I do have a uh, <laughs> full red sweatsuit. Sporty Santa. Yeah. The uh, So, 
talking about mirroring, um, it's just a tactic because we got to get a couple layers deeper. Like you'll sell sales software and they'll be like, well, I want to hit quota. You hit quota. And then they're like, yeah, because I don't want to get put on a performance, you know, a PIP, a performance improvement plan. And then you go deeper. You're like, well, why don't you want to be on a performance improvement plan? And eventually you get to the point where they're like, I don't, my whole family thinks I'm full of crap going into this sales career. And I need to prove that yeah. I'm an adult and can do this on my own. Yeah. And you're like, that's the it. deep shit right there. Got it. That's and that's it. what you have to get to. And now we have content IP where we can put a phrase around that, where we can put something, we can take this problem they've been feeling so visceral. I'll give you an example of it in a second. Yeah. Um, this problem that they've been thinking, feeling so viscerally, now they have, like, imagine if you got like the sales software, instead of being like, fill out, sale, update Salesforce 10 times faster. What if it said never get put on a pip ever again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Never get that, hey, can you hop in my Zoom from your, your VP ever again? Right. They know what that means. When you're a salesperson, you get the, hey, can you hop in my Zoom real quick? Hey, can you hop on a Teams <laughs> call real quick? Fuck. No. <laughs> I'm not no, I quit. Like, I don't, they're just like, you, you panic. You freak, you're getting called down to the principal's office, right? You don't love yeah. that. So now we have some stuff where we can throw those little, that little bit of messaging in, right? And my point is like, so I'll give you an example. Um, let's yeah. say uh, we're a, not a very attractive piece of software, digital asset management. God. Nobody's pumped about Damn. that. Uh, yeah, you move to a dam after you are, have outgrown Dropbox or Google Drive, right? And a lot of dam solutions are wonderful for people who are using, who just have tons of media flying everywhere. E-commerce brands, designers. These are people that really need like digital asset management. They need stalkers. to know all the <laughs> stalkers. True. Um, weird subset of the market, but we can, we can make <laughs> that for them. Uh, but, you know, what if... You know, the real problem with all this stuff is that all these people are are handing assets back and forth. The asset goes here, it goes there, it gets cropped, it gets added thing and the thing and the thing. And then what comes out is this terrible Frankenstein's monster of an asset. Yeah. And what we're really describing here is very similar to a, a baton pass. You're passing the baton to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. The more passes of that baton, the more likely it is to fall down. So what we're fighting against is relay race marketing, where it's just a relay race. I go to you, go to the next person, go to the next yeah. person. Now we have a phrase for it. Relay race marketing is what you hate. We exist to help you navigate relay race marketing. We exist to help you navigate content chaos, right? Now that we have words for it, oh my God, content chaos it becomes part of just how everybody describes stuff. But you're the one that came up with this and you're yeah. the one that's gonna leverage that. So like that sort of IP around those problems gets people to just be like, again, shut up and take my money. This is hard work. It is, when I do this for clients, it is me just, oh, there's a lot of like full face rubs going on where I'm just like, oh, what am I even doing with my life? And just brainstorming and trying to find synonyms and adjectives, it's just, it's a lot of like most of my work. I remember I had a friend that like you do SEO, and I was like, yeah. And they're like, you basically do the same process as like copywriters, and that was very validating for me because it's like cool. It's a lot. Mm. It's very customer centric. 
the words really matter, like all that sort of stuff. But I think what I'm excited about and where I think, again, like marketers can get out of that silo, keep their seat at the table is by being the ones that create this content IP. The yeah. second that you had asked about was like, how do we do it, right? Like, right. What do we do with this? So for every problem our customers have, um, if we, again, we've talked through how to, how to talk to them, how to dig a couple of layers deeper, we actually surface the real problem they're having. Um, yeah. The, and we've assigned some sort, maybe we're starting to brainstorm some IP around it, right? And that can change. You don't need to start with IP. You can just start with problems. And we're gonna work through maybe like, a, call it like a four or five part framework. So for okay. every problem they have, you're simply going to have content that talks about the problem. A lot of times we think that's like an intro, like that's not a sole piece of, like, no, just like talk, just stir up the problem and then leave it. It's fine. Like that can be a piece of content. We're talking about the problem that it exists. Then we're going to help people. And in that first one, maybe we try to like be like, here's how to solve it. But here's the, the other piece that I think every marketer skips. What's the first roadblock they're going to run into when they try to solve that problem? Right. What is the first thing that they're going to be like, oh, this sucks. Like, I'll give you an example. Like when you're launching a podcast, yeah. everybody thinks the problem is like, what's the name of the show? What's the logo? What's the, the artwork look like? The first thing you're going to run into is like, does this have a unique premise? Is sure. this actually interesting? The second roadblock that nobody talks about is editing your show. That's why most podcasts fall apart because you like, I hate editing this thing. Yeah. Like, it's not fun. I love the recording. Yeah. Other stuff. I love the marketing of it. It's great. But sitting down in GarageBand or uh, what did I used to edit in? Audacity. That sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, the, I'm sorry. I, like, I've been podcasting since like 2015. Uh, Hell yeah, man. But like, my point is like, nobody talks about that first roadblock. In a you didn't movie. use iMovie? What's going on? <laughs> if you saw the number, like I, I was, I've still been, I've been editing movies. I don't know how to use anything but that personally. Right. Um, even today. But like, I think a lot of times we, we don't talk about that first roadblock. So it's talk about the problem, talk about the first roadblock, give them a framework to solve the problem. And it can be a simple framework. Like I had one where I realized uh, the first roadblock for inside of companies was uh, CEOs don't understand SEO. So I created a simple framework called the I am framework, I A M intent, asset and medium. It's a really easy way for CEOs to understand SEO. Right. And I just give that away. It's a template or a framework. It doesn't always have to be like an actual, like a, you know, Google sheet or some like an actual template template. Um, it could be a swipe file. It could be a lot of different things. Right. Uh, so talk about the problem, talk about the roadblock to the problem, give them a template to follow or a framework. Uh, yeah. Then give an example of a customer who has solved this problem before. Somebody you have helped solve this problem. If you don't have any customers right now, it's okay. You can skip this. And then the last one is what I call like a high level interesting roundup. So talk about somebody who has solved this problem. It's usually an outside looking in. I just did a huge teardown of Monday.com's SEO strategy. I saw all these people out there talking about, oh, it's the best. Look at, they wrote a thousand articles in a year and look at all this traffic and all these keywords. And mm -hmm. I was like, I did just the most cursory look at it. And I was like, this is the worst strategy you could follow. This is <laughs> awful. And everybody was like, well, do you tell, sure, tell me how, you know, with this many keywords, 
it could even possibly be a bad strategy. I'm like, well, first of all, there's a thing called survivorship bias where like we look at these companies that didn't tank and we're like, well, that everything they did must have been smart. It's called resulting. It actually gets you in a lot of trouble if you if you if anybody here is familiar with like poker, like it's really dangerous in like poker or anything like that. Resulting oh, means sure. like if the outcome was good, my decisions were good. That's very dangerous because a lot of times you'll do you'll play your cards perfect, you'll play the other players perfectly, you'll still lose a hand. Yeah. You can hit a really bad beat if you're doing if your brain is trapped in resulting and then being you start to second guess yourself, like instead of following what you know are the right decisions, right? Yeah. So we don't want to use resulting in marketing. It hurts that we talked about at the beginning, pattern recognition. We develop really bad pattern recognition when we're using survivorship and resulting. But anyways, I didn't do any work for Monday.com, uh, but it was a really cool way to dig into it. And it was a really good piece to put out into the world to show like, hey, let's be more thoughtful. And I wasn't just showing that I was like a big brain smart boy either. Like yeah. that's a lot of that type of content of like, oh, I've reverse engineered how this company won. No, you didn't. You looked in some tool and you're just kind of like, <laughs> here's what SEMrush said. It's so silly. Um, you're all the stuff, nuance behind the scenes. I, but it's very effective marketing. People make a yeah. lot of money from that. Um, so I get it. But so I think that's a part of it is just like do the thing. Like I'll give you an example of how you do this right. Uh, I got really lucky. I looked at Airbnb's SEO and I looked at the chart and I noticed like three bumps. Like it was kind of okay. like going up and then it bumped and then it came down a little, then bumped again and came down a little and bumped a third time. And I was like, what are those bumps? Like what happened? Mm. There? And uh, I got just lucky. I got in touch with on Twitter, the designer who was on their growth team. He was like a growth designer. Sure. And he just looked at the chart and he goes, oh, those are the three times we focused on SEO. That's all you <laughs> there. We just we didn't have an an SEO team, but like the growth team, you know, every so often would be like, all right, SEO is back in our radar. Let's work on improving it. And like that insider info is really interesting. And most people aren't willing to do that work. So if you're creating that again, that high level interesting roundup in this framework, I'm giving you as the fifth one. Um, just reach out to somebody at the company. You can find them on LinkedIn mm. and just be like, hey, what happened here? Can you tell me, like, give me some context here or like, and people love talking about their work. It's like if they were right. during that time, everybody's like, oh yeah, we did this. It was really cool. And I'm like, cool. That's awesome. You mind if I share that? And now you have this like insider, you know, send out the email and be like insider. I have an email that I send out sometimes that says insider info, how Airbnb won the SEO game. Uh, right? Yeah. Any piece of knowledge nobody else has. So you take your, you start with your content IP and just to rehash for everybody, um, start with talking about the problem. Uh, the first roadblock to the problem, a template or framework is third, how a current customer has solved that problem. And then finally, a high level interesting roundup around that problem. And you do that for four or five problems. And now we have 20 really compelling pieces of content and four or five uh -huh. really good pieces of IP. Wow. Sick, dude. The, dude, we could talk all day, but I, I know we're going to have to bounce at some point. So where can people go to get in touch with you? Um, they want to they want to do some role. They want to do a little Brazilian jiu-jitsu with you. Maybe they want to go <laughs> SEO. Maybe they get some IP going on. Yeah, not not unless they want to uh, wrestle a guy that has no, uh, no knees anymore. No knees. I'm not the guy for that. But uh, if you are a SaaS or software company looking to scale from 10 to 100 million in revenue, 
I'm a really good person to help navigate those problems, both within the company, I understand that stage of company really well, and then also that stage of growth really well. Um, you can just Google growth sprints. Uh, depending on when you listen to this episode, it might be .co or .com, I'm not sure. Uh, nice, <laughs> we getting the .com going on? Yeah, man, it was it was time. Um, oh, the Pied Piper for that one? Huh? No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was like twenty five hundred bucks. Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know the rules around those. There's no NDA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say so. Yeah, or you can just Google my name. I'll pretend it's because I'm good at SEO. But if you Google Brendan Hufford, um, or and then just click on any of those, uh, the place I share everything that I'm learning, I literally post every single day on LinkedIn, and I'm obsessed okay. with sharing the type of stuff that you've heard here. That's okay one of the best places to connect with me. I would I would absolutely, it would absolutely make my day to hear, to get a message from somebody on LinkedIn that's like, hey, I heard you on the Hardcore Marketing Show. So please do that. Hell yeah, man. Dude, we'll totally do that. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming on here, hanging out, keeping it real. I mean, there's a lot of BS in the SEO world. Man, clear framework, clear concepts, and it just feels good to go after that IP. I feel like it, it it means you're helping someone at like a core human problem. You're not, you're not helping them get another widget or buy another piece of stuff. You're helping them solve that life problem. And that brings a little purpose back to everyone. So uh, thank you for coming on here and just teaching us this stuff. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, man. And for those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because I got two pages of notes over here front and back, share this with someone else, right? Be a thought leader to one person, 10 people, 9,000 people, whatever good information in other people's hands. That's how I make the world go around. And again, Brandon, you're the man. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks again. All right, guys. This has been another crazy episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. 